Hi, my name is Santito. This is Crypto Kid Podcast. I'm going to be talking to you guys about blockchain technology and cryptocurrency. Welcome to Crypto Kid Podcast. Today I have a special guest from Orca. And go ahead, man. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved with with the company. Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, my name is Milan and I lead business development for Orca. I've been doing crypto for quite a few years now, but I got into Solana in 2020 and was working on validator infrastructure. So setting up a lot of different and then basically being the back end for a bunch of these chains. Uh, while working there, Solana was one of the more interesting projects that I found and uh, I knew Utaro from when I was getting into uh, crypto. And Utaro is one of the co-founders of Orca. So we were chatting and, and yeah, Orca is a great project. So as a personal, personally, I was using it since they launched and thought it was wonderful. So opportunity to join and kind of help build out the ecosystem for and Solana more broadly thought it would be a, a good opportunity. Uh, and so far, yeah, it's been, been a lot of fun building in terms of in t- inside of Solana and with all the other folks that are in the ecosystem. That's really interesting. Cause I hear, I hear a lot of good things about Solana, the blockchain and everything like that. And I was doing a little bit of research on YouTube and I'm kind of, I'm a little bit confused and hopefully you can clarify that for me. Now you guys have like pools and, and ways to earn money. And then it's also gaming too. So how do you, how do you put that together? Yeah. So Orca is part of DeFi. So it's decentralized finance. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's a protocol built on top of a blockchain and, Unlike a centralized exchange, which is pretty much running all the transactor server, uh, this is actually running smart contract that runs on top of that blockchain. In this case, it's Solana. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of different things that you can do in DeFi, uh, whether it's for pools or for assets with other DeFi protocols. One aspect of that is for games that are want to integrate Web3 and crypto into their game. Um, yeah, so as an AMM, it allows you to swap any two assets between each other. So one vertical within Orca can help out is GameFi and basically types of games. So an example of that would be uh, if you ever played Diablo or Age of Empires, even like Settlers of Catan, you might have some wood, some gold, some iron, um, and a bunch of different assets that you in that game. Uh, and Orca would actually just be the centralized infrastructure provider for swapping between those different assets. Uh, given that we've seen a lot of game developers have interest, especially within the Sana ecosystem, the place that Orca in would basically be allowing to help power the economic engine um, behind the game so that they can focus on building what they love to build, which is the game itself and not necessarily the DeFi infrastructure. Okay. Okay. So how is Orca collaborating to the GameFi environment though? Yeah. So I think... Um, Earlier this year, earlier with Steppen, the game that you would be essentially walking around earning some in-game currency, uh, Orca was providing the pools behind the scenes for that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, anyone who wanted to swap between like the currencies that they're earning could use Orca. And very specifically, what they used was they basically created a pool on their own. So they create a pool, they, they have these two assets, and then our SDK will, supports now these additional pools. And they can integrate into their application, whether it's mobile or desktop. But I think is kind of the more interesting play, I guess, personally. But yeah, so for the application, 
you would just integrate our SDK and there's a few simple functions there like swap asset A for asset B um, or add liquidity to this pool. And, and essentially you can just do that natively in the app then. So That's one you, example, and there's ahead. some other games that are doing, uh, yeah, sorry, games that are kind of doing similarly for the applications or even the desktop app. All right, all right. So it's not like your own game. It's it, you guys are collaborating with other games in the industry. Like maybe like for an example, like um, Metaverse, um, like come to us or um, we'll, we'll go more, one more that was more familiar, like Fortnite, let's say. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Orca is not a game developer. It's a protocol. And I think our position for games is essentially twofold. One, to provide infrastructure that's really solid. You want it to use DeFi in your game. So that's the smart contracts that allow you to pools and then use the pools. I think the other angle, which is probably what you see more from us more publicly, is education around like what makes a good pool, um, how do you build liquidity in that pool, and then how do you actually use that? So I think we'll focus more on the education piece and then working with uh, game studios that actually want to, to build the game itself. But yeah, Orca has no plans to build kind of its own game. Can you share any um, games that you're working with? Uh, <laughs> There's one called Yes No that just launched. Uh, I haven't tried it, but uh, I do know that they just integrated Orca into the application. Uh, I think DeFi land as well, which is probably more familiar with uh, for people in the Solana ecosystem. So DeFi land is kind of this gamified farming platform. Uh, and they also use kind of swaps behind the scenes for their currencies. There's probably a few more, but they might not be public yet. Okay. All right. Now, are you are you working with the metaverse and NFTs too? Like, are you applying that to Orca? Yeah, so... In so there's a bunch of different types of NFTs. Um, mm -hmm. We haven't yet, we launched our own NFT, more of a community NFT called the Orcanauts, but that's more to the Orca community and not really tied into a game beyond a couple of cool folks in the community have built out games that you could play with your Orcanaut. Um, okay. Now, what makes Orca unique in GameFi compared to your competitors? Yes, I think essentially the game studio's main goal is to make a fun game that people want to play and then have users on top of it and, and have a lot of users that can play with each other. Orca's main goal is just to have really secure and reliable DeFi infrastructure. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's pretty much the main thing that we're offering teams that if you don't want to learn everything about smart contracts, build your own decentralized exchange, um, yeah, essentially you don't want to learn all of that component, which is a big component. Orca kind of takes on the expertise and we audit our smart contract codes. We have two audits from like Neodyme and Kudelski. Um, we stay on top of all the different changes at the base layer. So Solana changes with transactions or, or whatever other smaller optimizations they change. We can basically be the ones that have the expertise to go ahead and implement that. Uh, so yeah, I think it's just more security and reliability is always just number one. And then beyond that, we're building out all of this tooling. So our SDK. Uh, SDK is definitely one big one, which is allows you to tap into the pool without actually having to. You can use all your knowledge from Web2 and the same coding and TypeScript or whatever else you want to tap into it. Uh, so definitely SDK. And then the third one, which we haven't started yet, would be education. So like 
there's a lot to learn when you're building a game and then especially a game that incorporates crypto. Uh, so I think as Orca, given we have a lot of expertise there, we can do education just to bring them up to speed faster. Excellent. Excellent, man. I like it. Now, I know people are concerned about gas fees and the ecosystem. So how do you how do you satisfy those hippies? Um, yeah, I mean, that's one of the advantages of Solana and reasons why we built on Solana that you don't actually as a user have to calculate any gas fees. Uh, otherwise, as a every Ethereum user before, it was always interesting UX and UI or pride itself on having like a very friendly user interface and an easy way to uh, interact with the pools. And basically that's like as a user on the UI or even as a developer with the SDK, there's two different interfaces. Um, so there's a bunch of tooling around it that, that definitely helps game, game projects that are developing. What is the next big narrative you're looking forward to in the future of GameFi? Um, let's see. Do you have any that you like? I might have a couple, but I'd be curious since I think you're even more tapped into kind of GameFi and, and NFT side. Me? Okay. So for the NFT side, what I like the most is that people are going to start using it for ticket sales, like concert venues, um, plays. We have we Yellow Heart, for an example, is really pushing that that concept and working with the metaverse and allowing people to go to concerts in the metaverse. So it's kind of it's kind of cool and it's interesting in a way. And then they just have a bunch of other stuff going on. Right now they're gonna be going to um, was it Miami Decentral here on the 27th through the 28th. So I'm really, and the way I got that ticket was through their app and NFT sales. So I was able to, I was able to utilize it and be almost, almost the first person to use it compared to others. Whoever has the app can download it. But yeah, that's, that's what I'm most excited about the NFTs in the metaverse. Awesome. Yeah, I definitely agree with, uh, with that. Like, I think it would be really cool that if you got a ticket from 10 years ago and just like some player win within the NBA, uh, you always hold on to that ticket. Mm -hmm. uh, you can always refer back to it. I think that's very cool. I think there's um, a couple other areas in the NFT side, which are on the speculation, but basically credentialing. So for example, you do a podcast, you have a lot of expertise uh, within GameFi and then community building. Like I imagine that other communities we could have given uh, you a pay that might say that you are an expert and it's like one credential from one jewel. So you can rebuild your LinkedIn profile using NFTs basically. Uh, and it's like the proof that you are an expert uh, on all of these areas. Definitely cool. I think I'm excited. The one that as a gamer personally, it's more unlock value that all of these users are putting in. Every game that you've played, whether it's a skin or an action gotten from some randomization, mm -hmm. there's no way to take that out. So I remember as a kid, we would trade on different forums like you would get this item in Diablo and then you would be trading it on a forum, but there was no trustless way to trade that. Uh, it was more, yeah, it, it was like you were actually a trust person to send you that item if you were to give the item. So I think one, you unlock a lot of value by just giving the users the actual ownership. And then I think that 
because of that, you can have a lot more said activity within the game, especially on the mid side. So like every game has the gameplay and they have these several markets around it. And I think in web two, very hard to tap into that market and then actually use it. But if you built it around crypto knowledgeably, uh, yeah, you can essentially allow a lot of people to unlock all the game assets that they really hard over the years to accumulate. Yeah. And they, and they become collectibles too. They, they, absolutely. And also another thing that I wanted to point out about that is I'm, I'm in the music and I feel like, honestly, I feel like artists are getting ripped off by their record labels. So, and Travis Scott, he, he launched NFT and, but it failed, but it's just, it's, it's gets the ball rolling and gets people's geared towards that, that future. And I think GameFi is gearing towards the future and the way that the whole world's going to be able to use Web3 technology. It's just going to be something that, that happened like in the nineties with the internet, like no one really understand it, but once we started getting it, it just, it just took off from there, just like, boom. And then you got like all these major stocks. Most of them are technology companies like Microsoft, Apple, some of the big ones, um, Amazon, Google. So that that's all based on the internet. Yep. I 100% agree with what you're saying here, that basically what we just keep bringing the value back to users uh, and away from centralized institutions. So I think DeFi is one example where it's like a centralized institution who's usually capture a lot of stuff in finance. Uh, DeFi brings it back to users. I think in music as well. Like it's better than it was before probably, but because it gives you a lot more discovery around artists. So for example, Spotify, if you're a small artist, maybe you have a better platform to get found than 20 years ago, but still now you have these centralized institutions that don't necessarily take a large cut. Uh, if you're a YouTube creator or a podcaster, um, or you make music. And I think just by like, why, are you, how are you able to do that for finance using smart contracts? You basically just decrease the costs and the trust needed, but, but a lot of it is the cost in terms of maintaining this infrastructure, whereas Spotify would need a really large team to maintain an app like Spotify or even YouTube. So if you can rebuild this and just take out a lot of the underlying costs, you can return a lot of the value back to whoever's creating it or the creator's community itself. Uh, so yeah, definitely agree with you on that. Spot on. Right, right. And then basically blockchain was created to to give users control instead of instead of having a centralized to take over it. So that's really that's really unique about blockchain technology and Solano's case too. And there's gonna be plenty of more coming out. And it's just a matter to see who's gonna be at the top in the future. My personal opinion. I'm going to go to cryptocurrency. I don't think Bitcoin is going to stay at, at the top forever, but just too many falls, just too many falls. But we have Ethereum that are coming up and then who knows what else will come up. But aside from that, what are the pros and cons of GameFi? Um, yeah, let's start with the cons. I think the cons at a high level, it's like much harder to build. And it's this entire new expertise set that you need in order to incorporate it well. Whether how do you build a game economy before you could change around the rules a lot in terms of this is how often we drop this item. If you thought mistake, you can kind of change it on later. I think that's a bit harder to do in three and crypto. Um, 
So yeah, just harder to build. And then there is no roadmap for what works well when you incorporate these markets into your game. Uh, so I think like early on in the games, like people probably made a bunch of this in terms of how they design their game economy. Uh, mm-hmm. And the same thing will probably happen again in crypto and Web3. But then over a few years, people will learn and make them better. And then they, they'll become the core integral part of, of GameFi. So I think those are the cons. I think the pros we've kind of chatted about basically user control. Um, so like who wants to build, a, who wants to thousands of dollars into a game like Fortnite and buy skins. And then there's really no way to exit any of those skins. Um, like you always have to hold them on this one account. If you make a new account, you can't transfer it over. Uh, if you're a friend and you want to give them a skin, like some games allow it, but some games don't. And same thing with items. So I think it just opens up the, and these are the things that we do now that we're kind of translating in and think it'll be better and more efficient in this GameFi world. And there's a whole bunch of new things that could come out as well. Um, yeah, which, which we probably haven't thought about yet. So <laughs> one could be like, how do you entangle different items? So I think you've probably seen a bunch of NFT projects that allow you to burn your NFT to get this new design on your NFT. So I think Bored Apes versus uh, the version that they made or D God versus Dead Gods. Uh, so there's like a bunch of things that are that are quite interesting. So you never know. Maybe it's like these four different items in a game, you get this, this super item. Um, but people, I think, will experiment with it, build it out. But yeah, there's probably be a bunch of things that people make that we have no idea that they they can't, that's even possible yet. Now with those cons and the, I'm guessing that your team is facing those kind of problems. How are you, how are you encouraging them into being innovative and able to stay on focus and not get discouraged by, by the naysayers, by media, by anybody that's opposed to this type of technology that are basically just not ready for it yet? Yeah, and having observed this for a lot of years, I think it comes down to whenever you feel the problem strong enough, you go and seek out solutions and you find a good solution. So I think the hopes that these cryptocurrencies came out was that a group of people felt strong enough that the financial system wasn't serving them well. Uh, so they went out and built this like financial system. Uh, and then every wave or every few years, as, as new people come in, that's like a new set of people that faced a problem and couldn't figure out the solution and they found this kind of alternative solution. So I think the same thing will kind of happen and probably with artists too. So like the artists that have adopted NFTs and Web3 uh, and different protocols, they face the problem where they're like, I'm not getting enough revenue from my streaming. Um, I can't tap into my community well. And whichever portion of artists felt that problem significantly enough are moving over and learning about Web3. Probably some game studios, like whichever ones have the problems um, and feel them strongly will take the effort to go learn it. And then, and then they won't want to go back because they see that it actually solves a bunch of the things that they faced in the past. Uh, I think it just takes you to acutely feel, <laughs> feel a problem and then you go and learn the solution. And then you never really want to go back. Like if I asked you to write a bunch of email or letters and stamp on it, you would say that this is very inefficient, but 40 years ago, you wouldn't say it, but now, yeah, it would look ridiculous not to be sending an email. <laughs> exactly. And exactly. It's just, it's so much faster if you need to get a, if you need to get something right away out. So how are you dealing with regulations and the locality of your company? 
That is interesting and probably outside of my purview. <laughs> so <laughs> given I do more business development, work ecosystem projects, don't mm -hmm. really focus too much on kind of the, the structure, but as a decentralized protocol, uh, the end goal is always to be community owned and be more of a public good. Uh, so it should be, let's see if there's any good projects that have done this well. It is kind of early, like it's very hard to build a trust community mm -hmm. in a couple of years, but Unis a good one. So if you're on Ethereum, like the Uniswap community compared to Physico is much more dispersed, much more built out. So, or Ethereum as well. Like Ethereum years ago was, was very centralized. And now you see that there isn't really one sector that can influence it. And it is just governed by the holders of Ethereum. So I think that took seven years to get to the stage where people feel comfortable that it is getting a lot more decentralized. And I think everything else as well. Like it will just take time and getting more individuals and distributing control across, yeah, a community of people. And, and also everybody starts from somewhere. You just, I, I listened to, um, what is it? Alex Tate. And he, he was, I was listening to one of his podcasts earlier. And he was just saying, start a business first. He's like, forget about getting it registered. Forget about getting an accountant. Make sure you actually have money coming in first before you go deal with all that other, basically, BS. So that's that's a smart move that what you guys are doing. And I'm definitely excited to see where you guys are going to be at in the future. And is there going to be any big moves before we close? Anything you want to share? Um, any community would be really interested in that maybe they haven't heard before. Or anything that we didn't cover, that might interesting. Are you talking? Are you asking me? Yeah, yeah, I'm asking you. All right, can you re can you repeat the question? I'm sorry, you were kind of breaking oh, it down a bit. Is there anything that uh, we didn't cover, or that you think like would be quite interesting, even outside of Orca or NFTs or GameFi, but within crypto? Um. Yes, actually, yes. I'm glad you asked that question. Thank you. So what do you think about what do you think about the market winter and how and how everybody's just demonizing cryptocurrencies and just saying pointing the finger like ah oh, you lost all your money ha 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 like how do how do you know like how do i say what can you what can you say to encourage people that are in it right now to stay involved and to look forward to yep. the future yep yep um yeah first i guess this week is a particularly interesting one and it, it sucks that a lot of these people lost their money i would say that the war of crypto is always trustless self-custody owning having your ability to manage your finances as you wish and not having the ability that someone else can censor it or for example in this case kind of take it and use it for purposes elsewhere and throughout history we face this problem many times so like in banking especially you can see banks have their power over and over again in different ways we're seeing it in a different flavor in crypto in terms of like exchanges here but it's more a proof of the point of why you need crypto and you need centralization, what's occurred in this past week, than proof that you don't need it. Um, so like you will always, essentially like purpose why this happened would not be actually possible on 
or to many decentralized protocols where you are always DF your funds. You can withdraw whenever you want. Everything is transparently laid out on top of a blockchain and you can see all of that data. Uh, yeah, so it sucks in the short, but in the long term, I can't really think of much better proof you would need beyond like a 2008 kind of financial system crisis of why mm -hmm. you need these kind of decentralized systems. Um, and it was a long time to get trust in them, meaning a lot less people trust in Ethereum than they do now. But because it's functioned, it's functioned for that long period of time, um, you build trust over time. And you know that that protocol is not breaking any rules because it's run based on code and the code executes as it, as it does. There is no human intervention and no single party or no like even group of 20 people could come in and try and change that. Um, that's kind of the crux, like it, it's always sucks in the middle, but long-term it is proof that decentralized systems will probably keep growing and more and more people will trust them. And long-term, maybe they're the ones that run the majority of kind of markets across the world or a bunch of other things. Exactly. Just working on building the reputation. Now, yep. the biggest question I get is how can I support something that's not, or how can I support cryptocurrency that's not backed by anything? Like for, let me give you an example. I, I live in Florida. Just went through a couple of hurricanes. Power was out for about a week or two. And for those people that didn't have cash on hand, they couldn't even go to the ATM because the power grid was out to get cash. So like everybody was panicking and luckily I was prepared because I grew up here all my life. I've been through Hurricane Charlie um, back in 2004 and I just, I just knew what to expect. So just like fill up the gas tank, get plenty of cash, get plenty of water, get plenty of food. But there was people mm -hmm. that were not prepared for that and they're just like, see, if we go to cryptocurrency, it's all electricity. It's all based on the power grid. So we're not going to be able to do anything. And then there would be a real panic if there was like um, a digital world and finances, if you know what I mean. Yep, I, I, I agree. I kind of see what you're saying. Um, It is true and money and finance is a little bit tricky, mm -hmm. but there is no better alternative, meaning like technology, basically because you have the internet and you brought and technology kept growing, like you were able to create the solution that's called Bitcoin. And it takes away a lot of the concerns with money. It doesn't take away all of them, but it paired it to everywhere else that you can kind of try getting the same properties. It, there's not many good alternatives. So, for now, it's the best that there is, and it's a market improvement over uh, what's been done historically. But I'm sure as this ecosystem continues growing, similar to as countries' economies grow or banking systems grow, there's new problems as you get to more and more scale. Um, we're seeing one of them this week with FTX, where new problems came out now that the centralized entity has a lot of scale. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't think I have much else to say other than if you look around, this is the newest one that technology has enabled. Um, in general, usually technology pushes things in a positive direction or there are scenarios where it doesn't, but uh, yeah, there's not too many better alternatives in money systems that, that are better on the properties you would want for money and or even like anything you want to do in Web3. So Spotify better than before, pretty big. 
uh, in the future, you can imagine there will be new problems with like a decentralized high, but it will probably solve a bunch of the current big problems. Um, and it will probably for a lot of users and, and creators on that platform. I'm glad you shared that. I'm glad you shared that, man. And then I just want to point out too, like the people that had that had solar power, they were pretty much good. You know, they had their houses running and their electricity. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, you see, like you all were talking trash about solar. Now look what happened. You all are are suffering and these and our neighbors are doing great. <laughs> so that's that's, that's cool. kind of a, that's a really good example because literally what you do when you put solar power on your house is you're exiting decentralized grid for electricity and you've created your own little decentralized bubble which is your house has its own self-sufficient power so i think here we're talking about like self-sufficient creation of music uh ownership of your money through your value uh yeah so there are when you put solar on your house maybe the solar panels break but it's better than the alternative where you just got cut off from your centralized grid Mm -hmm. And you still have communication with whoever, with people across the country or across the world and let your family know, yeah, let your family members know, let your friends know. Yep. And so this is, this is very exciting times and we're just in the early days, man. And I think we covered everything. If you have something, awesome. please let me know. If you want some links for me to put down, I'll be more than happy to do that. Um, no, no, nothing else to cover. Thank you for the good questions. And yeah, thank you for doing education on crypto. I think there's a lot of misconceptions around it. And it's always good to just keep educating people. More and more people come in, but hopefully the knowledge so that they can protect themselves from, from all that exists. Um, so yeah, always appreciate what I do education and do it well. So thank you. No problem, dude. No problem. And for those who are, are, trying to learn about cryptocurrency it's just it's a never-ending process there's always something coming out like DeFi, GameFi, DAOs, DOAs, um, FinTech just and every time I turn my head around it's just there's always something to be learning but once you go in the rabbit hole I promise you you will not regret it because you'll be the ones teaching others about blockchain technology and cryptocurrency so, hey, man, thanks for coming on the show. And I hope to chat with you soon again in the future. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm Michael. No problem. Bye, everyone. Bye. Did you know that podcasts are a great way to grow your personal and business brand voice? Here's a secret. We all want to feel connected to brands we buy from. What a better way to humanize a brand than through sharing your story on a podcast. Kidcaster is a podcast booking agency that specializes in developing real human connection through podcast appearances. If you are an expert in your field, have a unique story to share, or an interesting point of view, it's time to explore the world of podcasting with KitCaster. You can expect a completely customized service from our staff of ex communication experts. KitCaster is your secret weapon in podcasting for business.
Your audience is waiting to hear from you. Go to kitcaster.com slash crypto kid to apply your special offer for friends of this podcast. The link will also be in the description down below. And happy podcasting.